This is Stories of New Americans with Ron Cluthow, featuring inspirational and fascinating personal stories of people from all corners of the globe who are now in St. Louis. We'll take a look at the U.S. through newcomers' eyes, get some insight into world history and cultures, and maybe learn something about ourselves. Stories of New Americans on News Talk STL. Welcome to the first episode of Stories of New Americans here on 1019 News Talk STL. Uh, my name is Ron Clutho. I'm so glad to be here. I'm honored to be doing this show. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Um, I recently retired after working in St. Louis for about 30 years in the fields of English as a second language teaching and also refugee ministry. And over those years, I've had the for good fortune to meet hundreds or probably thousands of people from all over the world right here in St. Louis. We have a really incredible diversity here. Many of the people I've met have, I would say, inspirational stories, incredible stories to tell. Some of them came by choice and some of them didn't have a choice. They were forced out by war, by genocide. They're the ones that we call refugees that are here in St. Louis and other places now. They were, um, this expression ethnic cleansing came about during the Bosnian War. And, and uh, so people were forced out or killed based on things they had no control over. And um, people come here, refugees, even though they suffered so much, they, they didn't have the luxury of just feeling sorry for themselves. They, they went right to work. They had to go to work and support themselves and their families back home. I'll say I've learned a lot about what's really important in life from my time working with people from other countries. And I was thinking, what can I do now that I'm retired and I like to ask questions? I'm kind of a nosy person. I know a lot of interesting people. So that's how this show came about. So every week I'm going to have a conversation with somebody from a different country. And I hope you'll find these stories as interesting as I do. Um, I really found, at least for myself, that when I know personally somebody from another country, then seeing what's happening in that country, current events, takes on a whole new meaning. If, if you really know somebody, then, then the way you look at bad events and good events around the world, really, you look at it differently. Um, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about um, the, how we seem to be so, I don't know, divided these days. And uh, I think a lot of it has to do with people not listening or talking. So I want to do my tiny, tiny, tiny part in the grand scheme of things of, of talking and hearing people's stories and finding out uh, what we have in common, which is a lot more than what we don't. And it's corny, but it's true. Um. My guests are not politicians, they're not historians, they're not journalists, they're just people from other countries, from a wide variety of backgrounds and professions here, but they have a story to tell. So we're going to hear personal stories from people every week from a different country. We're going to hear their journeys of coming here. Um, the part I'm really interested in is hearing about how they... How, their impressions of living in America. They often they'll see things that we don't see. Just as when we travel overseas, we might notice things about the countries that the people that live there might not even notice. 
And then we're going to talk about what's happening in the home country, maybe what's happening in the local communities here. And um, I really hope you find these stories interesting. My first guest today is from Ukraine. I think that's probably pretty timely now. This is my, my guest is Yuri Safranov. Hello, everybody. And um, I was his English teacher 20, what, 20 years ago, 25 yeah, years ago? Yeah, it's about in St. Louis Community College, in, was, right here in uh, Forest Park. What year was that? Oh, wow, you're 90, testing my memory 95, now. 94? Yes, okay. it's it was 94, 95. Okay, so I take full credit for his English, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, I guess let's let's start with um, life back home in Ukraine, and and you grew up in what was then the Soviet Union. Yes. So um, maybe let's start by talking about how your life was as a child in in what was then the Soviet Union. Well, uh, in child when when I was child. Uh, I cannot. Uh, it, my uh, memory is that it was. <laughs> it's hard to explain, but uh, it, you know, when you're a child, you, you have a lot of things which, if, if even you don't have in your life, you make up them. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember I was playing with uh, clocks. Like old clocks. Those were your toys, huh? Yeah, that was my toys. I was just disassemble, assemble them, and later on I become engineer. How about that? <laughs> I was not mechanical. Yeah. I'm electrical and instrument engineer. But anyway, but I, I, I remember that, you know, everybody right now is in country back in, even in Ukraine, they sometimes telling about old time that it was better, but it is not. I, I will tell you right away because I, I, I remember some harsh time. It was some good, of course. My parents love me and so on, but we do not have, like looking right now, what, what our kids have in their life. We don't have in, even near like amount of toys, amount of times. However, we have th- something else. We, I can go on the street and play right away out of my house. And th- that's different. Now more people sitting in computers. So you, yeah. you, you have to look exactly. on everything as positive and negative yeah. and bring positive to the future and remove negative. Uh, Where in Ukraine did you live? Were you in- uh, I live in West Park, a city called Lviv. Lviv, okay. Or in, uh, let, let's go back in history, in Soviet times they call in Russian Lvov. And then before it was in Polish, Lvov. Mm. And then in Austro-Hungarian times, that was Lemberg. One of those areas that <laughs> changed <laughs> regimes many times over the years. Well, yes, yes. We, we used to, we, in the city, we have joke. Uh, we, we have uh, opera house in front of, of opera house. Uh, like we have the statue of it was Stalin, then it was Hitler, <laughs> then it was Lenin, and then it was nobody. It's mm. just a, um, yeah. So you you grew up basically in the Soviet Union. Yes, you were an adult yes. when Ukraine got its. My software is designed back in Soviet time. Okay. My hardware Ukrainian. <laughs> well, 
you went to school. Can you talk about your high school, for example? Was it was, yes. it, uh, was it a big school? Were there a lot of students? It was a small school. And I was just recently um, with my friend, and they came from Ukraine. She, she came from Ukraine about three weeks ago, and we go to uh, some kids' performance, and she just look on the school and just tell me, Yuri, and she grew up in the same school. She said, Yuri, we didn't have what these kids do. I said, Yes. However, we we have uh, something else. Let, yes, it was more discipline. Let's call it this way. But th- this is balanced. What do you want to give it to your kids? You want to give them discipline and good education or better education, let's call it this way? Or no discipline may be like easier way of life, but later on they may miss something in education. Mm-hmm. And you have to keep that in well balance because mm-hmm. either way, it will be, how to say, out of harmony. Yeah. Uh, what did you study in, in high school? Did you, in, in your country, I guess you chose a. Well, this is one of, the, one of yeah. the difference. Like in the United States, you can choose, right? Yeah, back in Soviet Union, I don't have choice. Oh. You, you just go. You have choice to go to school and not to go to school. But were you put on a career path in high yes. school as opposed to college? Here? And, and, and even college or university, when I go later on, it's the same same way. You don't have – you don't choose anything. You just choose profession or oh, that, yeah. and that's it. And everything has already been done for you. you yeah, just no electives. No. Yeah. You, 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 like my uh, son right now, go, he's finishing high school in South High. He uh, go to school and – what I should take, I should take physical education, maybe calculus. I don't have the choice. Yeah, yeah. Just go. I don't even know choice exists. Yeah. How about that? Were there a lot of students in the classroom in your high school? Was it it big- was in high school. We have twenty, uh, twenty-one students. Okay, well, that's not as big as I thought. Yes, but it was more before. After we have ten years educational. Um, System so eight years, uh, it was like thirty over thirty, and then people go to sort of college mm-hmm. after school to get a quick professional education about three years, and they go to work. And people who continue who who like to continue education and go to like university, they have to finish high school and so on. Now, I think Ukraine became independent from the Soviet Union. Was it nineteen ninety one? Yes. Okay. Um, were you in college at that time, or were you already working? I finish. I start working. Okay. And how how did life change when, just for the t- typical resident of Lviv, how much was life different after Ukraine got its independence? Oh, it was big hope. It was big oh. hope. It was so bright, and th- it's like. High school, you're finishing high school. Look on kids who are finishing high school. They're so bright. They see bright future and so on, but later on they meet reality. Mm-hmm. This is what was happening. Mm-hmm. Did that hope come true, or did things work out until this recent? It D- depends how you look. Okay. Like hope to get independence, to, to, to have finally mm-hmm. Ukrainians will have their own country, yes. But financially, Ukraine was one of the strongest country, excuse me, Soviet Union Republic, uh-huh. you can call it country, and we hope it, it, it's, they have like second after Russia 
uh, economical statistics. Yeah. And we've been hoping that they be, become like Germany in Europe, like yeah. engine of Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. but it was not happened for was, multiple reasons. Was there increased freedom under when, when you were independent? I mean, did, were you in oh, yeah. freedom of speech, for example? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I was visiting later on country and I was in Russia for work and I was going from Russia to Ukraine to visit my family. You can feel it. As soon as you step out, out of airplane, you feel difference. Mm. It's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is, I don't feel, everything was fine in Russia, but I was feeling I travel back in time. When I go to Ukraine, I was feeling this is something new, futuristics, mm-hmm. what I don't taste before. Mm-hmm. Even I know this country very well. Mm. Okay. Well, let's talk next about um, how you came to this country and how that all came about. Um, you're listening to Stories of New Americans on News Talk STL 101.994.1. Be right back. Російські танкісти сховались кучі, щоб лахтим посорбати довбані щі, та трохи у чах перегрівся на бар. Байрактар! Байрактар! Stories of New Americans brought to you by Global Transport for trucking, logistics, and warehousing. Visit them at globaltransport.us.com. This is Stories of New Americans with Ron Clutho on News Talk STL. We're talking with Yuri Safranov from Ukraine, and uh, I want to talk now about um, how you came to the United States and when. I think you said 1993 you came? or <laughs> I, I know. I remember exactly the okay. date when I stepped on United States oh. soil. It okay. was... May 6, 1993. 93, okay. And you said that you had applied to leave when yes. Ukraine was still part of the Soviet Union. Yes, you have to apply. You, you fill it out, immigrational, yeah, I can call it petition. So you, and then it takes time. So in my case, it took uh, like two, two and a half years, a little less than that. And then you go to an interview and then... When you get status, you go through the paperwork, you have to be released by country, and that's it. Now, you came as a refugee, legally yes. as a refugee, and in order to get refugee status, you have to have some reason to have to, have to leave. So you we talked a little bit about religious um, persecution, maybe, and also the fact that you were involved with student activities that maybe... So yes, uh, well, I was part of what would be called Greek Catholic uh, religious group, what was under table in Soviet Union because they have the Rome or Pope was head of our church, not Moscow patriarch, mm-hmm. and that it was politically make up and so they so didn't under table. You couldn't openly practice your faith? Yes. In this? Okay. Yes, and my mother was six years old when she got to Siberia, and you know, I, mm. and then that one reason, a second reason was that I was part of student movement in my uh, university uh, uh, called uh, 
student brotherhood and uh, we play a role in uh, uh, how to say protests no, no protests but we like a leg of we, we remove soviet pieces from our society mm. and th- that's play a big role especially in 1991 we have hunger strike very similar to what was happening in china tenement square mm when we go and we uh, protest against uh, s- some we have political lozenges and so on it, it, and that was successful in china it was unsuccessful our, mm-hmm. our prote- and later on was maidan we, uh, people call that revolution on granite and that was what they call first maidan that was orange revolution and then it was 2014 mm-hmm. and th- then what has happened now okay. so by the time you you applied originally in when Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union. It it was Ukraine was independent when you finally got to leave. Yes, when I go, I have Soviet passport, but with little stamp, property of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then why why did you come to St. Louis? Was, was that your choice or did they, no no <laughs> yeah that that, that that was uh, completely out of I. Why I come to St. Louis because St. Louis Catholic Charity was sponsoring my trip. Mm. And uh, I don't have anybody. I don't have relatives. I have no because you cannot come into United States without sponsors. Somebody have to be sponsored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in this case, uh, St. Louis Catholic Charity. I would think I'm going to somewhere in Massachusetts. I mix it up, Missouri, Massachusetts. But <laughs> did you speak English when you came here? No, n- not none, not very well. Okay, I, my English was very poor. My English still not very good, but. How, what was it like? Where did you, you were met at the airport by your caseworker, I guess, from Catholic Charities and took you to your yes, apartment? Yes, yes, uh, yeah. And they, like they, they uh, give me an apartment for, I believe, for two months. They pay for my, my apartment. They ask, they, they help me to apply for uh, like food stamps, but I start working very quickly so that all this help was. Just very temporary. It was gone. Yeah, re- refugees, as opposed to immigrants, qualify for a limited amount of assistance from the government, which just for a couple of months, as you were yeah, saying. Yeah, I have some some clothes. I remember some food. Yeah. I got four bus tickets. And I remember time when I was walking to save money because I wanted maybe 10 bus tickets. So it was some help, let's say this way. But I start working in about three weeks. What was your first job here? It was not far away from here. It was uh, a little plant, and I was unloading trucks. Mm. It, it it was like a storage house. They was also make be- belts, mm. and uh, I was un- unloading these trucks. I was the most richest man in the world in that time. I make four twenty five per hour. Mm. But my engineering salary in Soviet Union was five dollars per month. <laughs> Seriously, so I, I make my yes. I'm not joking. I saw you in collapse. You know, all, all when they release the ruble, yes, it it's just fall down. You know, way under five dollars a month. Your five dollars, yes. And when, when when I come to United States and I got four twenty, can you picture make wow. your monthly salary in one hour? Coming up in the world. Okay, well then you. Studied English maybe at the International Institute, I guess. Yes, I was going to International Institute, but not very long because I got second job. Okay. It was 
building in Clayton called Janelco. If anybody remembers, I was cleaning up that in evenings to make some extra money and so and you, on. You had, did you have your family with you? Were you married at the time? Or you? No, I was alone. Oh, that was my test of me, myself, going. F- you have to picture in Soviet time, it was not much information about the United States. Mm-hmm. Even when Ukraine got independence, uh, all media was well, very well controlled. So what was your image of America and what was, how was it different when you got here? I can give you a short story <laughs> before I go here. That's me and my uncle sitting and watching TV, and you have to picture my uncle spent 25 years in prison for have he was like teenager when he has some anti-Soviet flyers in his pocket, and Russian soldiers got him. But anyway, he he was sitting next to me. We watch some political uh, news story, and it was New York, probably Queens. And some correspondent go to big trash pile, and some guy was digging in the trash pile and picking picking up whatever. And he was saying, "Look, we are in New York, and you know this is poor guys. A you know capitalistic system is going down, and so on." And I don't remember the whole story, but I remember what my uncle said. Mm. He said, "Look on this homeless guy. Look on his coat." I work in all my life. I cannot buy that kind of coat. <laughs> oh Yuri, God. you have to go to the United States. Oh. Yeah, that, that, that was, you have mixed feeling. You have, you have to be like double-minded. Yeah. One, what was in news, uh-huh. what newspapers say, and another things you, you have to look what we call between lines. You have to see what nobody shows and find uh-huh. like, a, uh, like, like a black hole. You, well, you, a lot of people... You know, they think the streets are paved with gold here, money grows on trees, people have... Well, uh, United States, it's, uh, you have some positive and negative things, but you have to work, right? To, you know, yeah. if, if you're planning to come to United States and get happy life is doing nothing, you, yeah. you probably have wrong picture. But... Um, it's interesting the way you just, you know, the image you had of America. Um, and I know, you know, that's just the... The, the news that various countries present to their people. Um, you know, we heard negative stories about Soviet Union, and I'm sure it was, you know, I'm sure many people had a good life, but we, you know, it's politics, it's media, and um, as, you know, when you came here, you saw that it's it's much more nuanced than that, every, every place is. I, I was just like three days ago uh, discussing with some author of a book about Ukraine. I don't even remember his name. He was, uh, that book was uh, Ukrainian War, How to Find uh, Reason in Unreasonable. Yeah. And he was comparing United States and Soviet Union. Some people do that. Like, yes, you, Soviet Union did bad, but United States did bad. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You cannot do that. Look how many people was killed in Soviet Union. We're talking about millions. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, how many millions of people United States government killed? And this is not the right question in first yeah. place. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, if you if you try to compare compare apple to apple, Eastern and Western Europe, like German, right? Mm-hmm. Germany. That's one nation, mm-hmm. one group of people. Korea, one group of people. Look how Eastern and Western live. Mm-hmm. How Northern and Southern. So that's a clear experiment. This is my point of view. And, of course, politically, you know... Uh, 
you, you can twist any news way you want it. Right, right. Well, how how was your early life here? Can you? What were some of the biggest challenges that you faced besides language and finance? What were some? You talking about in the United States? Yeah, after you after you arrived here, the first couple of years, what were some cultural well, of, challenges? Maybe? Yes, you have cultural challenges. The biggest shock, I will say, you go on the street and you have nobody. Basically, you walk on the street because I used to grow up in like what do you call European city, and suddenly you go on the street and Lots you see people, people yeah. and and now it's nobody, yeah. and you start feeling that you. However, you. I learned over life in the United States, if you see something unusual, don't make any conclusion. Just find it out reasons mm-hmm. why people do what they do. And later on, they find it out. The St. Louis is a very spread city, and you don't have much about public transportation. So you have a car. This is the reason why everybody in a car. And this is indication of wellness in the United States. Mm-hmm. Back in Soviet Union, I cannot even dream about car. Mm-hmm. You can make car, but it was more like a luxury. Yeah. I think in the past people used to walk on the streets here more back in the you know people walked to the corner store and it's it, it, yes and it's sort of coming back like you can see in uh, Newtown in around St Charles yeah. it, it, it's successful Old, because they tried to Street, yes they, they tried to build something like Europe but uh, as long as we have bad neighborhoods that Problem will exist we have to work with kids especially as they grow up yeah. and so on and. If you, I have a book called St. Louis Then and Now. If you look on St. Louis Then, it's like European city. You, mm-hmm. you cannot make big. Yeah. You, in first look, you will not find big difference between like Vienna, Paris, and St. Louis mm-hmm. because old buildings. You have to picture in Europe, old buildings. Yes, they a lot older, but however, old stone buildings. It's not built it like thousand and thousand years ago. They mm-hmm. built recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. I think um, hearing stories from my grandparents about you know living in in the city, they would you know the main streets would have all the stores. The people live on the side streets, but there'd be like a little store in every corner, a little confectionery or bakery or something. And I think it was really similar to the way Europeans lived or live. Yes, yes, we 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 hoping that problem will go away on its own and partially go away, yeah. but. It's it it, it it will come back sooner or later. Maybe. But maybe. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? I Who see knows? it sometimes. Okay. Um, sometimes like on the hill, the Italian section uh-huh. of St. Louis. On Saturdays, I see many, many people walking around. Maybe it's because Christmas. Oh, it's coming season. back. It's yeah. coming back. Like, like uh, I will tell you. But one of the things, like talking about Soviet Union, one of the positive things about Soviet Union is that basic medicine was for free. So if we have basic medicine for free for kids, let's say let's just start for kids. Kids can play easily. R- right now, people are like, oh, if kids get injured, who's going to pay for it? And so, you know, oh. <laughs> I I don't know how much yeah. that in, but we we have to break some limitation for our future society. I mean, for kids, mm-hmm. and right now. Now it's different. We, we, kids moving inside c- computer. Yes, it's safe. Yes. They're sitting on front computer. But on the end, how safe it is yeah. safe? You know, it, you know th- this is a different discussion. They want to move yeah. you to, to that direction. Yeah. 
but I, I was grew up in a when I don't even have telephone. You know, I, I make my six thousand steps every day just going down to my friend. <laughs> really, no no phone calls. No phone calls. Well, let's let's. I want to talk next about um, what's going on here in St. Louis with you and the local Ukrainian community and the church, and then we'll talk about. Unfortunately, we'll talk about what's happening in Ukraine after that because I want to get your insight into that. So we'll be right back. This is Stories of New Americans on News Talk STL Stories of New Americans, brought to you by... Byrich and Ramich Law Office and Attorney Nedim Ramich. Visit them at brlegal.net. This is Stories of New Americans with Ron Clutho on News Talk STL. Okay, we're having a conversation with Yuri Safranov from Ukraine right now, and I wanted to talk about um, your life in St. Louis now, and I know, what, what are you doing for a living now? Let's talk about that first. I uh, work in a company called Raceline, Alternative Energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to make environment cleaner. Uh, I'm very proud about that job, and I like my position. I am electrical and instrument engineer. Okay, so it's it's a step up from 425 an hour cleaning offices. Yes, it was a few different steps. <laughs> a few steps, yeah. But Yes, it is. Yeah. And interesting. I uh, uh, I remember when I go to uh, International Institute and one lady told me, Yuri, look on yourself after like a few years. Mm-hmm. She was absolutely right. Mm-hmm. This is what I love in the United States. United States give you opportunity. Mm-hmm. You use it or not, that's yeah. up to you. I, I like this. Uh, step by step. That's um, um, American slogan. You cannot bring horse to the whale, but you cannot ask horse to, cannot make horse to, to drink that's water. Right. Yeah. Same thing. You, you can bring a lot of people to the United States, but yeah. if they're not willing to work, you yeah. progress, nothing you can do about it. That's right. It's not easy here, but. B- but you, you can, have a chance. Yeah. You can, if you work hard and you, you can make a good life for yourself. I've seen that. Hundreds of times with people I've met here. And funny part, some people saying, oh, if I work that hard back in Ukraine or back in old country, I will make as much money. Sort of yes and no. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people back in Ukraine working as hard, but they don't have as good living. Well, it's, yeah. But that, that's a different story. Yeah. Let's go back to. Well, okay. You, you have a full-time job. You're married. You've got. One son, you have, how many children do you have? Three, three kids. Three kids. I, and I they have, were all born here. Yes. So they're all American. Two boys and one okay. and they're all, girl. They're college and high school or older. Yeah, yes, my uh, older one, he finished RALA, hmm. uh, S&T. He's right now in Australia trying to build his uh, geology career. Wow, Australia. Yes, we, he met a nice girl, and they go together to Australia. My uh, 
daughter, she's in medical school. Mm. She's flying right now back to St. Louis. She she's in medical school in some uh, this Netherland control uh, island called Saba S A B A, mm. and they have be- wow. beautiful school. Can you picture send your kid to island what is five miles wow. in diameter, Gosh. and nothing you can do just learn. And this oh, is best. Not a party school, that's for sure. No, no, it, no, it is not. But anyway, and my youngest one is. He is going to finish high school uh, this year. He, would they? What kind of opportunities would they have had if you had stayed in Ukraine? Would you think? What, what do you think they would be doing now? I don't they, think I will have three kids in Ukraine. Oh, really? All my friends, they have one or two kids. So, if you had one kid, what what opportunities would he have had, or she? He or she probably will follow my steps, go to some university. Ukraine has beautiful education, but a uh, lot of people don't have extra kids because they cannot afford it, mm-hmm. to, to make it simple, or yeah. they think they cannot afford it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, you are involved with our local Ukrainian church here in St. Louis. Yes, I do. And um, I know they've been really active in helping Ukrainian refugees coming to St. Louis. Now we're getting, I want to talk about that in a minute, but we're getting Ukrainian refugees coming into St. Louis, not in the numbers that we had of Bosnians and Afghans, but they're coming. Um, talk about the Ukrainian church a little bit. How, how long has that been around? And, and how long Oh, the uh, Ukrainian church uh, used to locate not far away from here on Doyleman Street. Uh, and when neighborhood go down, they moved to South City. It was in, uh, excuse me, South County, South County, and now this is where we're locating right now. So it, it, it was small Ukrainian community. We have three, few waves of Ukrainian immigrants. Very first wave in First World War, and they was coming mostly to south part of St. Louis for mining. From Austria, at that time it was Austro-Hungarian. So sometimes people saying, "Oh, I'm from Austria." Mm. Some people saying from Poland, and at that time Ukraine was associated with Russia. So it, even Ukraine get independence when I arrived in the United States, everybody called me Russian and how is Russia? I said I'm mm. from Ukraine, mm. and you know. The, but it changed slowly, but it was changed. Mm. It, and I understand why it was happened. Not anymore. Now everybody knows what is Ukraine. Yeah, everybody does now. So there were several waves of Ukrainian immigration. Yes, yes. Ukraine. And uh, just a few words about uh, our Ukrainian community. I'm very proud about it for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are Ukrainian community unique for? We, we basically don't have illegal immigration. Like in our Ukrainian church, if you come, you have two choices. You become legal or you live community. And this has always been that this is not we, we force people or not. It's just the way it is. And everybody who was, for some reason, not legalized in the United States, we helped them. Everybody, we, we don't really have any homeless. We used to have one homeless guy here live right now. So we support each other. We help each other. Uh, or if you have some education, we help you to find your way in life. Way in life. We, very small community, about 200 people 
Ma- Mom about is different before. Church members are the whole community in St. Louis. Uh, no, St. church St. members. Okay. Uh, like if you're talking about two, three hundred people, maybe like hundred families. Okay. And now it's different. Now a lot more people coming. Now we have another wave. So speaking wave, so we have first wave, first world war, second wave, second world war. Oh. Cool, cool. But second wave was not as big than Cold War. Berlin Wall go down. This when I came in. Now you have this war. This is the fourth wave, I guess. Yes. So, um, how many Ukrainian refugees have come in this latest wave, would you say, to St. Louis? I, I, I will say we have about uh, 100% increase in community. This is my best estimate. I do not look, but um, everybody, like... We sponsoring so some families, some are friends sponsoring families. A lot of American families helping and so on. Not everybody come to our church. So I, my best guess is a lot more people. And this this immig- I don't know. I'm not sure why it's being done this way. But you know, whereas in past uh, immigrant refugees would come through a resettlement agency like the International Institute or Catholic Charities. My understanding is that Ukrainians are not coming through a resettlement agency. They are, anybody can sponsor one, right? They cannot go through, you know, they don't, like when Biden go to, in March, into Poland, he announced about 100,000 over, you know. We'll take 100,000 of April, them. what was happening in April, oh, he, when he was in, visiting Poland, he announced this program. But later in April, was people crossing Mexican-U.S. border. They was not crossing. They was sitting and waiting. What are we supposed to do? Ukrainian people? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was. I don't remember exact uh, news broadcasting, but I believe it's CNN. It was one mother with three kids. She cannot cross border for like three days. Finally. Well, I believe, you know, those who come through the quote-unquote proper channels would be sponsored by... A family in America, so and the, not the agency, right? So later on in April, they they, they create this program, You for You, right? Okay. United for Ukraine, mm-hmm. and then you need to have sponsor, and when sponsor, fill, and then everything start working a lot smoother. So as soon as you have, uh, how you call this, rule of, of the game in this case, mm-hmm. how Ukrainians can immigrate, everything go. Before, it was very unclear. The, the new families that are going to your church here, they, I guess, are all staying with American families or Ukrainian refi- like yes. Ukrainian families who are already living in St. Louis, yes. right? Is that going smoothly? Do they receive any assistance from... Oh, well, uh, let's say this way. They receive more assistance than I thought. They're getting some money from government, but it's it's a very short program. They don't get... So now, family coming to, like, I'm talking about my personal experience. We have three different family members in our house right now. We're sponsoring five diff- different people. So, lady I sponsor doesn't have work permission. She came on August 12th to the United States. She applied for work permission. She doesn't receive work permission. They give her some money. She, she has uh, seven years daughter. She allow everything go smoothly. But let's look. 
yeah, I can sponsor her. I can provide her living. It's no problem. But government give her small money. Because she's a refugee. Uh, whatever they consider her, she came through parole. And th- this is not big money. It's like $200, $300 for her and for daughter for food. And like 550 for living. So let's say $700. I just give it up. I don't remember exact numbers. However, that money will be gone in three months. Mm-hmm. What's she going to do? She don't have work permission. Of course, she can stay with me. So, and she has a work. My workplace, she already passed interview and everything. So this is challenges. If you want to help Ukrainian, they, we, they don't really need money from government. They need permission need to work. work. Yeah. Like, she already has work. Yeah. She needs just permission and start legally working. Let's talk. Uh, I want to make sure we talk about what's happening in Ukraine now, and then we'll finish by having you tell us how people can help sure. Ukrainians both here and back home. So, I mean, we, this has been in the news for almost a year now, what's happening in Ukraine, and I wonder if you could kind of give us your insight about why this is happening now, you know, why Putin chose 2021 to... In, in order to understand what has happened between Ukraine and Russia, you have to look way deeper in the past. It's that problem it did not start yesterday. On another hand, you have to distance yourself from Ukraine and Russia and look on that problem as not Ukrainian-Russian, but something what has happened in humanity inside. Let, let's call this old way a new way. And you have some a lot of values in old in past time, but something have to be say goodbye. And when that's something you want to say goodbye, in this case, I'm talking about Soviet Union. You know, Putin was saying that uh, collapse of Soviet Union was the biggest disaster of 20th century. This is his wording. As long as he, he thinks, and he in power, I have no problem if somebody on the street thinking that way or some politics in, in uh, Russia thinking that, but they not just thinking that way. They try to restore Soviet Union. So, and if you, it's Cold War time, it's back over there. It's just in different form. But also, you can look on Holodomor, like in past time, you can look on Second World War, well, and Holodomor, so on. yeah, Holodomor refers to the 1932, 1933. basically the forced famine, Stalin basically starved how many millions of Ukrainian people? Uh, by estimate, to, by official estimate, like close to 10 million. Trying to force them to submit to... Well, that, that was regular farm. farmers. How, how we can force farmer to uh, accept communist idea yeah. that suddenly your land belonged to everybody. Yeah. And this is how they choose to do that. They choose to, they just put military checkpoints around farms, remove all food, and that's it. Yeah. How long you can live without food? <laughs> so that this was in Ukrainians? It was not, let's call this, it's not just in Ukraine, it was also part of Russia, where was farmers, mm-hmm. But mostly was in Ukraine and other part of Russia also. It was big Ukrainian population too. So it was sort of Stalin tried to remove certain group of people. This is what they tried to do right now. If you look on Mariupol or Crimea, just simple question: How many Ukrainian schools are there? 
I will tell you right away, none. Yeah, I think you're referring to the cool, what they call the kulaks in the whole of the more. They these were seen as as you know relatively wealthy farmers who. Yes, it's it's not about wealth. You're not. You own something. You have idea of owning private things. property. Property. You are already wrong. Yeah, and they tried to kill. You know. So it was. So this this current you're saying this current um, crisis in Ukraine is just the same thing in a different package yes yes and i will tell you you have that in united states you think in the united states you don't have it you have it in different form and the, the, this one of the destruction forces some people some group of people can think that they can get somebody's property and problem will be gone yeah so and that's completely wrong you have to work for what you have yeah but what's happening now it, um, putin wants ukraine to be Again, part of the part of Russia, I guess, or part of the. But is he? Is he? You think he's planning to go after other, like Estonia, Latvia, other? Yeah, That's not what I think. This is what they say. Okay. And they, he follow what he say. You know, just follow his speeches. He, you know, he 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 thinks what was happened in Gorbachev time is wrong, and he tried to restore truth. He tried to restore right, and you know, this is like. By Orwell, 1984, what is it? Mm-hmm. War is peace and peace is war. Mm-hmm. This is his mentality right now. Because if you talk to them why he start war, he will say to bring peace yeah. <laughs> to Russia. Because if he don't start that far in his mind, Western world, especially United States, will attack. Uh, even you don't have any, even NATO is a uh, you know, defense block. It's not aggression blocks. They don't care, you know, all this propaganda can make your mind, twist your mind the way they want it. So do you think that he really thinks, he, he he's afraid of NATO, of Ukraine joining NATO, and that's why he's doing this preemptive strike, or I've also heard that he thinks Ukraine is a Nazi country, or... All it um, is just excuses to okay. get what he wants, okay. that's it. I don't think, that they, they clearly understand, because... Ukraine don't have nuclear power. We give up nuclear power for the Budapest Memorandum. What Russia was one of the countries who signed the United States, Great Britain, partially China and France. But the thing is, it was clearly he will do it. It's not like surprise. So that was my next question. This is not a surprise for Not you. surprise at all. And we know what's happened. What has happened right now, yes, it's sort of unbelievable 21st centuries. Uh, and so on, that such a thing's yeah, ugly picture, what we see on news, but it's been happened before. Mm. And this is normal for mentality of KGB people. It just become visible because yeah. media and so, just picture you don't have internet and all this hiding. They, they got Mariupol, they destroy whole city, rebuild it, and then bring Western reporters and saying, hey, look how beautiful it is. That's what's happened in Chechnya, in Grozny, right? Mm-hmm. That was happened I, I, in the different places too. So they think they will go out of the situation without punishment. And I think that's not going to happen. Well, what, how do you think, it, if it ends, how do you think it will end? What do you, what do you predict? What's going to be the outcome eventually? Well, depends if you are smart or not. I mean, when we kill each other, that's already out of, you know, I have very uh, 
good slogan what I try to follow in my life. If you f- use force to get what you want, you're doing th- something wrong. You should find what you want by peaceful force. Mm-hmm. Let's call it this yeah. way. And uh, war started, that's re- we already lose it. When war started, it's a, like in safety, you know, I, sorry, I'm engineer. In safety, we have a lot of safety gears and so on. Mm-hmm. But your safety starts from what you're doing. You should not put yourself in situations with your helmet, your gloves, or your shoes protecting oh. you. That's already a little bit too late. I think we've crossed that line. We, so- we already crossed that line. So how we can get out from that? So now we have to look back and just ask ourselves, like, if Ukraine been in NATO, are this conflict going to be going? I don't think so. So we, let's look. Uh, a German uh, chancellor already admits that it was when they deny Ukraine maybe. However, uh, we can talk about past a lot, but w- w- what can be happen in the future? We, Russia have to know that they cannot succeed the way they're doing because if they do succeed, let's say we listen to somebody, let's, let's have a peaceful talk and we said. We already did it from 2014 in Minsk, right? We already talked about eight years that's going on, and nothing happened. So it has to be some different kind of solution which can lead us to peace. Of but course, it has to be told. 2014 was when Crimea yes. went back to Russian control, but isn't Crimea pretty much ethnically Russian anyway? Well, it's original. It's Krim Tat. Tatars. Tatars, but it's currently not, it's mostly Russian. And, uh, ra- no, no, not really. No? Okay. It's, you, you have to look. I don't have ethnic picture, but uh, that feeling that this is Russian, this is like talking about Kuril Iceland, that this is ethnic Russian, or um, what, the German territory Russian did. Now, now let me ask you a question. Like the German territory in Kaliningrad, how many German schools do you have? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure not. Yeah. So this is what was happening in Crimea. They, they sent all Crimean Tatars to Siberia. I heard that, yeah. And then when they come back under Ukraine, they was, uh, Crimean society was growing and so on. We, we have just normal relationship between two nations, not anymore. I want to make sure we, we're almost out of time, but I want to make sure that I'm going to ask you how. I don't know how politically we go. <laughs> no, we I mean, we, we can talk about this all day, but we But, but let, let, me, let me finish. Okay. We have to pray for smartness of our leaders that they bring peace and harmony to earth because we have only one earth. We don't want to destroy. It's not about Russian and Ukrainian again. Yeah. It's about old and new way of thinking. We have to think about peace and harmony, and if you can meditate, meditate. If you can pray, pray. If you can send some money to help refugees, do, do whatever you think is appropriate for you. Don't sacrifice your life. You don't have to do much. You have to be normal. Well, yeah, following up on that, how if, if people would like to support Ukrainian refugees here or support Ukrainians in Ukraine, what, what do you recommend? How can they get involved? How can They, they, they can send check to local. Uh, you can just Google Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, and you will find it down. St. Mary's St. Mary's Assumption, Assumption, Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. You can write a check. You can find it down address and put like a attention Yuri or for Ukrainian and relief fund. What would that money go to specifically? So 
we on the beginning we collecting we uh, we sent to Aparki, but recently we start receiving uh, a lot of local. Our members have somebody back in Ukraine who need constantly something. So we find volunteers. We send money directly, like military unit. Uh, ask for something, and I will tell you right away. They don't ask for bullets. They ask for generators. They ask like in the, right now for some medicine, fever medicine, mm-hmm. because uh, like uh, heat patches, like you put in your gloves. That some very simple things. Because we are a small community, mm-hmm. we help as much as we can. Um, so people could look at the website, your church's website. Yeah, you, you, you can. Yeah, you can go to. Uh, church website, you can find really, you can find any uh, like uh, how, how you call this volunteer non-profitable organization, send money to them. Okay. But locally, this is what we do. If you give me money, your dollar will double because I will give that dollar to local volunteers back in Ukraine okay. and they will put their effort. They do not buy ready food they buy potato and prepare food yeah. from them. So they, they, out of your dollar, it will be most value mm-hmm. for frontline. Yeah. Okay. Or refugees. You want to give it to refugees? Yes. You could. Sounds if you, like one of the things they need is jobs here. So maybe if somebody is for, yes, a job, for, for, for locals, they could call the church. We, we, we have, uh, God bless her, her heart, uh, teacher Judy. She come to our house for about already like Three months, she pick up people who stay in her house, go to local library and teach him English. So teaching English too. She she this okay. is she follow her heart. You you, you ha- but yes for family if you want to help family, like help to create resume for example. That's a good suggestion. So Saint Mary's Assumption, um, Greek Catholic or Ukrainian Catholic Church. Yes, Ukrainian, Saint Mary's uh, Assumption Ukrainian Catholic Church. I don't know the website. Just go, go, but, go, yeah, go on Google, find and it out. Address you can write contact it out, check. the pastor, and he can give you more information or answer questions. But yes, but put in memo what's it going for. You can simply take Ukrainian relief fall, yeah. or you can put but my name for probably first call and just you talk to somebody there. Yes, pastor, yeah, no problem. Well, thank you very much. I wish we had more time to talk. We're all praying for a peaceful outcome in Ukraine. And, we, um, we can we can live we can open any subject we're talking about and look bigger. I I will tell you all, all I see is that our members of our church, we all I know we we hard working yeah. we we bring uh, good to our society. We, I I can see better change, and I want to use this moment and say thank you, all St. Louisans, all Americans to support us because. I live in the United States for almost 30 years. I never feel that gratitude, that support. And if you look on American society, you, you will simply say, oh, it's uh, old societies, you know, like in past America was great. Now, no, it's not. It's back. It's in our, in our hearts. And when I'm pretty sure a difficult time coming, all Americans stick together and help each other, and that's really, really touchable. Last comment I want to say, if you ask me, what is different between United States and, let's say, other countries? And I will tell you, people trusting each other. Mm-hmm. This is base of United States. They, 
if you go to business, I surprise how much people and that trust. This is what blew United States society. This is why you know, America is great. Mm. We have to preserve that. Keep yeah. it. People used to do business on a handshake. Not uh, this is what I mean. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Yeah. This is why American businessmen are so. So we need to go. We need to go. But <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry, is, I'm getting the high sign from the right? producer here. But thank you very much for your time. And we'll, we'll all, you know, I hope people will contact the church and see what they can do to help. So um, thank you, Yuri. Uh, be sure to listen to our show next week where we're going to be talking with somebody from Iran. Another interesting conversation. This is Stories of New Americans on 101.994.1 News Talk STL. Let's love you, Ukraine.